0: Hello, and welcome to episode 147 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to KDP to The Modern Manager community. And a warm welcome to everyone who is listening today, whether you are joining me for the first time or you have been with me for almost three years. Yep, that is right. In just a few short weeks, I will hit the three-year anniversary of this show, which is just incredible, so thank you to everyone who is listening for your dedication to being a rockstar manager and a special, special thank you to everyone who is a member, who helps make this show possible, who helps support me and my work. Now, today's guest is Kristen Knowles. Kristen is a 13-time award-winning leadership expert with over a decade of experience in leading HR and leadership development for top global companies in tech, healthcare, and startups. Her passion is helping organizations create brave cultures and working with leaders to overcome burnout and lead from purpose. She is the CEO of Brave Leadership Group, a full suite leadership firm that specializes in offering transformational leadership and organizational development services that create brave cultures with practical application that you can immediately start implementing to see results. She offers a unique opportunity to implement strategies that create empowering cultures and break apart our previous ideas of leadership to create brave leaders that will mark history and change the narrative for leadership going forward. Kristen and I talk about a lot. We get into the stages of burnout, how to avoid burnout, what to do if you find yourself out of alignment and heading into burnout. And this is so important at this moment. We're a year plus into the pandemic, and many of us have become accustomed to the added stresses of living in isolation, not taking real vacation, not having the outlets of fun we used to have, and then combine that with our intense workloads and home lives. Plus, I don't know about you, but I feel like I am sitting on the edge of my seat with this promise of all of this being over in just a few more months. So if people were struggling with burnout pre-pandemic, it seems just as prevalent, if not more so now. Now here's my conversation.
1: You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, Mamie Canfer stewart
0: Thank you so much for joining me today, Kristen. I am super excited to talk with you because burnout is something that I hear from so many of my clients and so many of my friends. I mean, like we're already overloaded with work in general. And then you add on the pandemic on top of it. And it just feels like we are constantly living in a state of stress that is leading us to some very bad places.
1: Absolutely. It has been, I think something that we've all, you know, and I think a lot of times just in leadership in general, we're, we're constantly having to fight against it. But I think, like you said, with adding the pandemic twenty twenty even now in 2021, it's not like things are immediately changed. It's just a whole new layer. And I think a lot of people are like, what? I, I, it was like already too much. And now, you know, something has to give.
0: So you have a really interesting definition of burnout, I think. So maybe can you start by telling us how do you define burnout? And is that different than just being overloaded or being overwhelmed or being stressed all the time?
1: Yeah. I did a lot of research in the area of burnout. And one of the main factors that I found was just disconnection from purpose. And so I have really discovered that oftentimes what leads us into burnout is when we are disconnected from our purpose, because when we are very purpose-driven, we're honed into that place. It's amazing the length of time that we can go, the amount of stresses, challenges, and pressures that we can be put on us. However, at the same time, burnout is honestly just when we have reached our max capacity and it's honestly a sign that it's time for growth and that in order to grow, we need to take a step back, intentionally look at the places that need to be developed and create a really good sense of where our focus needs to be what needs to have parameters set around it? And again, get connected to our purpose. And I do think it's different than just being overworked. What's So what's interesting about that, there is research that shows there's four stages to burnout. And this was new to me when I first learned about it. The first stage, which was mind-blowing to me is actually the honeymoon stage. It's where people are really excited. Um, You usually have an a, almost like an overload of adrenaline. It's where we start to see people maybe in a new job or just something that a new setting and they're working extra hard. That's where they start putting in a lot of long hours. They feel excited about something and it's kind of this rush. And then that goes into stage two, which is where we start to just feel a little frazzled we start to notice that we're irritable, we're more frustrated, things are just getting on our nerves a little bit more. It's that place where, you know, you come, you know, you've been working all day and you come into your kitchen and you notice like the trash is overflowing. It's like, can nobody else take the trash out around here, right? Those little things. And it's just really getting to you more than normal. And then stage three is where we start to actually see the, the signs of burnout that we're most recognized with. The lack of being able to sleep well oversleeping at times, exhaustion, having a hard time focusing, feeling overwhelmed. Those are a lot of those places of just the, the burnout that we are, tend to really see. And then you get into the extreme levels and that's at stage four. So it was like the eye-opening thing for me when I really first started learning about burnout.
0: Wow. I mean, I, I'm totally relating to those moments of my own life when I've had that adrenaline rush of like, oh, I'm taking on another client and this is going to be great. And I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden it starts to turn into like, what did I get myself into? And now I don't have time to make dinner and I don't have time to like do all these other things. And it starts to like trickle out. So it's, I'm seeing that arc that you're describing so clearly. I'm wondering if there are ways that we can catch ourselves early in that arc so that we don't kind of get too far down the pike where it's just so much harder to come back.
1: Yeah. uh, And I think that's the important thing is to be able to recognize the signs. And so I think the first one would be those little things and those little tendencies that we tend to brush off. Maybe it's just a rough, rough day, right? Or I just had a bad meeting. And so it is those things where we start to see that we're a little less patient than normal, right? Or we have meetings with people and certain people just push our buttons and they're pushing them more than normal. Or at the end of the day, when you're done at work, if you're like snapping at your kids a little bit more, just losing your patience, just find yourself feeling irritable. Those are the big telltale signs. And often we ignore those. We brush them aside. We think that, okay, well, maybe if I, you know, just go and take a long walk, that'll help me blow off some steam. Or, you know, I just need to, you know, Take a day and rest, maybe this weekend or go on a vacation. We start to think that those are the things that we need when really that's actually not going to fix the problem. But we need to rec- recognize those early signs because that's where we rec- realize that it's creeping in and we want to catch it before we get to stage three. Because stage three is where we actually start to feel that place of, I don't know how to get out of this. And it starts to feel a bit swirly. And that's where most people end up feeling that stuck feeling.
0: So let's go back to this idea of being aligned with your purpose, because if all of those small things that we're trying to, you know, recognize and say, all right, maybe it's not just one offs, like maybe there's actually something bigger happening here. Is that bigger thing being out of alignment with your purpose?
1: You know, I found that it really is. And what's interesting about this, so I, I run a mastermind on burnout with a couple of other really amazing doctors in this field, and they have me you know, their PhD in this. And so it's been neat to host that and learn deeper into burnout. One of the things that came up was we talked with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, small business owners. These are people who are like, no, I'm, I'm doing my purpose, right? And I got into this thinking that I would never experience burnout again if I was living out my purpose or pursuing my passion or my dream. And then they said, you know, now I'm in this place and I'm I'm deep in burnout and I didn't see it coming. I thought that I could avoid it. And so what we do and what we're you know, working with people in this is I start to help them understand you can be walking in like your purpose or pursuing your passion, right, doing your dream, but be disconnected from it. And it's important to go back and figure out where was that connection lost? Are you now doing it out of you know responsibility or duty? Or I signed up for this, I have to do it. Have you lost that place of the why you're doing it? Does that make sense? And so it's important to go back into those places and reconnect to our purpose, our whys for what we're doing. That if you took your business and you left it and you never did it again, understanding that your purpose isn't what you do. It's not your job. It's not know your business you run. It's not your calling. We've misma- we've mismanaged our purpose in that sense. And we've done a, a disservice to people by thinking, okay, we're going to teach people to discover their purpose. And it's a job or it's work that they do. Our purpose is much bigger than that. It's, it's much more of kind of the overarching, you know, kind of guiding, you know, post or light for what are you supposed to have your life You know, live up to in every area. And so any decision that I make, whether it is starting a business, taking a job, getting a promotion or moving, all of that should be measured against, okay, does this align with what I know my purpose is? That bigger piece, you know, when I decide to volunteer for something, does this come into alignment with what I've said my purpose is? Do I have the capacity for it? Is this the right season? And those are all important questions. And when we start to live from that place, we're able to prevent burnout so much more effectively because it's not about achieving something in order to know that we're living our purpose. We just know that I can do my purpose right this minute. Even if nothing changes, I can live from that place immediately today and be able to make those decisions, whether or not it's in alignment with what I know my life is supposed to be a part of something bigger than me.
0: This all sounds like it makes perfect sense and so clear, but what are like, you have some examples of what? people's purposes might be, or can you share what some of your clients have discovered as their purpose? Because I'm having a hard time figuring out like, what, what does this mean to like have a purpose that's bigger than the thing you're passionate about or bigger than your job or your career or your dreams?
1: that is a great question and it is usually where people get so like okay so what is it and this is actually a lot of the work that i do with my clients is i'll walk them through like we have this start from purpose guide and we go through this long process and we get to it and in the end they walk away with a statement and i always tell them it's living and breathing it's going to shift it's going to change a little bit but it kind of has the same meat and guts and it looks different for every person so for instance a few examples When I was doing this at a recent uh, leadership retreat, one of the people said, You know, it is to help the world be a healthier and safer place by helping others choose wellness in every area of their life while protecting the environment for my children and their children, right? That's one person's big purpose, is what they feel like. And that can show up in so many different ways and how they, you know, make choices and the type of work that they do. Another one was, to be a trusted leader that serves, empowers others, and works hard in everything they do. And that's very simple. But for them, that was life-giving. Another one is to be a bringer of joy to my community, displaying light in my work, family, and every environment I step into so I can lift others up to become all they were created to be. This is actually one of the VPs of operations. And she was just said, you know, for her, she knows that she's supposed to kind of bring light into everything she goes into. And she radiates joy. And her big passion is to really promote others up. And she often is having people who are being promoted into leadership, you know, greater leadership roles. So we saw her living that out. But that doesn't mean if she left that job that she couldn't do that somewhere else. Those are
0: such great examples. And I love the range of it can be something really, really specific, Or it could be something a little bit more broad and and open-ended, as long as it sounds like it makes sense to you and is meaningful to you.
1: Exactly. And again, there's a whole process we use because at first it can feel daunting to think, okay, so I'm just going to write this very, like you said, broad statement and, you know, it kind of has this feel good. But it's so much easier when we go through all of the steps and starts to really get clear for them to like craft this statement. And it, it does, it becomes this place where they own that. And it's a really powerful exercise when you do it in a group setting. I've, I've done this with like a group of C-suite leaders oftentimes and to see them just, there's a shift that happens. I've had CFOs like come to tears and just realizing the areas where their what their purpose is, and even the areas where they're like, I don't think I'm living this out at home and in my personal life, and I want to be. And so it it becomes so much deeper than just their work. They start to see where am I out of alignment and the other areas, and and how do I get back into that place?
0: So once you have your purpose, whether it's like a statement you've crafted or you just have a general idea of, like I know I'm meant to be helping others. I know I'm meant to be like bringing joy into the world. What do you do when you realize that the way that you're working right now or the way that you're living right now or the way that you're managing right now isn't as aligned with that purpose as you want?
1: No, that's a great question. I think the first thing is is to identify the places that feel out of alignment. Right? And that can for some people may I've seen it feel overwhelming and daunting. They feel like I'm just not living any area. And that can, I usually help them realize, okay, that's that's not true. If And that's the case, let's identify the places you know you are, right? Maybe you're not doing it to the full extent you would like to be, but give yourself some credit where you are doing that today. And then we can work towards, you know, doing that in a fuller sense. But typically, most people feel like they're doing that to some extent in some areas. And so I, I help them identify, you know, okay, what are the areas that feels like it's out of alignment? What are those few places that really come to mind? So we kind of, you know, do that. And then another big thing is then helping them create balance in their life and kind of get the space, that white space where they feel like they have time, especially when you think of burnout, oftentimes you think I don't have time to do anything else. I don't have time or mental capacity to think through any of this. So I think another one is doing a lot of work to help create some of that space, get some time back, get some balance into your life so that you can identify those places and create an action plan of how you want to show up and maybe the changes you want to make. It could be that, hey, I actually want to spend more intentional time with my kids. So if that's the case, let's look at your schedule and figure out how you can turn your laptop off at five o'clock and block off, you know, an hour of time just to go be with them and, you know, not have your phone be disconnected. Or maybe it's, you know, hey, taking off a couple days early, you know, three thirty or four o'clock and giving that to your family. So we'll work on some of those things. So what has to shift into your actual meetings and how you're working? Because obviously there's still that aspect of it. And so it's helping them create those boundaries, craft out ways where they want to show up more intentionally and take baby steps. Don't try to do everything at once. If it is where you're feeling like, look, I don't even think I'm doing in my work and my career, it's completely out of alignment with my purpose and my values. Um, In that case, sometimes it's about doing some deep work to identify what's maybe a career shift you can make that would feel more aligned with that. But either way, one of the things I really do help clients get that I think it's so important you know, in your listeners is if you feel like, okay, I want a different job or this is out of, I'm not living out my full purpose. When you discover that it is important to identify how you can live out your purpose in your current situation because that's going to help with the burnout aspect. If you feel like you are living inauthentically to who you are, that leads to so much distress and burnout. So identify, okay, if I feel like I'm called to help others, what are ways that I can help others in my current job? Yes, I can look for another career. I can go out and do that. But how do I still show up as myself, what I'm called to in where I am right now? And that's going to give so much more fulfillment and joy into your daily life.
0: I mean, I think that's so important, right? Most of us, especially during a pandemic, are not really in a position that we want to be looking for a new job right now. I mean, maybe that like, you know, down the line, but for the moment, figuring out how to apply what you're learning and and be creative about how do I do those things in my current job makes so much sense. I want to ask about a different dimension to this, which is around working in alignment with your personality, your work style, your preferences, your strengths, partially because I think this is another area. I'm curious if the research shows this too, that when you have to do things that are really taxing, right, it's not how you, your brain naturally wants to work. I would imagine that that also could lead to burnout in a way that, you know, if you were doing the same number of hours, the same amount of effort, but it was things that felt really natural to you, that you would not experience burnout in the same way. Is that true?
1: It's absolutely true. And so that is a very important detail and aspect of it. So there is, there's an assessment that I've used before and it's backed by, I think, 80 years of research, scientifically validated. And with it, they can easily predict through this assessment, they can predict, one, they can see what your strengths are, how you're meant to best function. Then it will actually show how you're having to function today in your current situation, your current job. It could be family life can also come into play with that. And from that, it can predict how long you can actually stay in that situation. And what they say is that if you are very much out of line with your working style, your personality, your strength, yeah, how you function, all of that, if you are out of line that, in, out of alignment in those areas in a significant way... The max you have is six months before you are actually then working in burnout and it will come out in your work. Your quality of work will go down, your level of satisfaction, your performance will decrease. It's it. It's like they say you have six months where you can work basically outside of how you're best made to. And that's another thing that we often see, especially with people starting new jobs or having to take on new lines of work is all of a sudden maybe they're being put in a situation or have a leader that isn't allowing them to function in their best working style and again, to their strengths, their personality. And you know after six months, it's just this place of why did I get into this? This isn't what I'm good at. And then that's why we see um, the biggest flight risk is actually the first year. You are I think it's like 60% of people will start looking for a new job within the first six months of starting a new position or getting promoted oftentimes, just because if they're not able to function in the way that they are best suited in their strengths, then yeah, it's gonna lead to burnout.
0: So I feel like this is so important for managers, both for ourselves to make sure that we are able to work in ways that feel good and feel effortless, or at least are supportive of, of our style and our strengths. But also, right, managers are in this funny position where we also are trying to support our staff and our team members who probably have different preferences and different strengths than we have. And so we are kind of constantly trying to adapt and work in ways that work for our team members so that they can perform their best. And like that stress or that kind of tension between working in the way that feels good for us and working in the way that feels good for them is its own source of tension or stress, I guess. Are you seeing that also?
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think it's so important that managers, leaders are getting trained on how to effectively lead by empowering their team. I think that's one of the biggest things we we talk about delegation, but and delegation is one thing, but oftentimes delegating is telling someone what to do and how to do it. Where empowerment is much more about here, these are what you know, your role that needs to be done or this is what needs to happen, but giving them the autonomy and the ability to use their ways and their strengths to do it that best suits them, right? To be creative and to problem solve. Sometimes that means take risks and mess up and learn from them. And so I think that's one of the big shifts that we've got to see in leadership and leadership and management training is how do we make sure we're training managers on how to lead empowered teams so that people do have the ability to work in their strengths and in their styles and grow and develop in that.
0: So if you could give managers like one thing to do differently tomorrow when they walk in to start to create more of that empowered team experience, what would you suggest?
1: I would say do the exercise of the rule. If you're not familiar with it, you can Google it 80-20. And it's basically identifying what are the 20% of things that you only you can do and that are best suited to your gifts and strengths. And then from there, you know, the 80% either needs to be, you know, delegated, eliminated, or managed, you know, down to how can you do this you know, the least amount effectively, but understanding where you're at 20% that's gonna create the most impact and that only you can do. And then from there, help your team members do the exact same thing. What's their 20% where they create the most impact? What are their strengths? What are their giftings that they bring? And then understanding how they can have opportunities to work mostly in those strengths and how do you then efficiently look at the other 80% and to, you know, how do we automate this? How do we streamline these places? What's just waste? Because honestly, there's a lot of waste that's just out there in what we do. What are meetings that need to be cut back? But I think understanding all of your, everybody and including yourself and your team's biggest strengths and the ways that they create the most impact so that you can lead them in those places and give them more time and ability to work in that would be huge.
0: That makes so much sense. I I have two follow-up questions. I'm gonna mash them together here. So the first is, what do you do Or have you ever seen it when your strengths don't align with the areas of impact or the things that you enjoy? And and I will say this because there are things that I really like doing that I'm probably not the best suited to do or aren't the most impactful. So I'm kind of curious about like how do you navigate it when you have strengths that are underutilized in your role or you have things you really like doing, but don't really make sense for you to do. And then second question, I'm gonna just pile them on here, is should you also be talking to your team members about their purpose? Like, is this a conversation that you want to have with them as well about what their purpose is and what your purpose is? Or should is that something that's more like private just for you to know? Mm,
1: okay, I'm going to come back to the last one. But uh, to answer the first question, I think that this is where insight and self-awareness is just so important. and And it's hard. I think it's a hard place, especially when there are things that you enjoy doing And you have to be honest with yourself that, one, I may not be the best person to do this. And part of leadership is actually having the self-awareness to say that and even looking for those on your team that it's like, even if I could do this to 80%, maybe you are great at it, but you have somebody else on your team who is even better at it. And it would offloading that's going to give you the ability to work in a higher strategic level. Part of leading is just knowing when you need to offload and let that person shine at their 100% rather than you trying to just be in charge and be over everything at your 80%. So I would say gaining that self-awareness to know when you need to offload those things is really important. I think the other one would be to the, the flip side of that question you said of what do you do when you've got responsibilities that just aren't your strengths? I honestly do think that that's part of empowering your team as well. There are a lot of things that we think only I can do as the leader when really those could be amazing stretch opportunities and opportunities for exposure for your teammates. And maybe traditionally, this person does do this, but in you know, like traditionally, this person's role doesn't have you functioning in this way. But because you want to create empowered team members and give opportunity you're gonna bring them up to have probably a higher exposure. And I can give an example of this. So I have a client I've worked with. He is the CTO of a company. And his right hand man actually was the person who really took the charge and leading the people side of the of that whole department and division. He was like, honestly, I'm aware that as the CTO, I probably need to be the one managing the, you know, HR relationship the most and being more involved with the people he owes. But Honestly, it is where he shines and I'm also grooming him to be my replacement and to be my backfill. And so I give him a lot of promotion and exposure in this area and he leads it, even though yes, probably most of the time you would have someone, the CTO should be that person owning the whole people side of this division and department, he's better, he shines at it and I'm wanting to make sure he's ready when it's time for me to retire. That was one example of like basically... Yeah, honestly, he should have probably been doing that because you lead top down. But if you do know that this is not my biggest strength and it's this person's and you can give them opportunity to grow into a bigger role and get ready, why not? So I would say just looking for the ways that you can empower your team. And and if it is an area you need to grow in those strengths, try it, you know, invest in that. Take the time to get additional help in those areas and get a coach or, you know, do some trainings and find ways to strengthen yourself there to your last question on the purpose side. I, I love this question. I would say, yes, you need to know your people's purpose. And in fact, it is probably one of the most um, deeply connecting team building exercises you can do. And so, like I said, I, I've led this, I oftentimes lead this in senior level teams and executives or C-suite but what I usually do is give them tools to empower them to go and do that, you know, down you know, with their managers and with their team, you know, all the way down into the company. And I help them learn, learn how to facilitate that because I'm like, you know, this is such an important, I mean, look at how you guys have connected around learning each other's purpose. And now being able to take your individual purposes, look at the company's purpose or mission and vision and say, wow, I see where my purpose fits into that. Think about how Incredibly empowered your people, your managers, even down to your front line, will be if they can get a renewed sense and an aha moment of wow, that's my purpose. That's what I'm called to do. And now I can look at the company's purpose and I can see how I fit, how how I get to be a part of that, how my purpose can fit in easily in this way. And now I'm deeply connected from a cultural standpoint and also. Now my manager knows that, and it creates such a, a more intimate and a more you know human side of how you
0: lead them. So well said. All right. last questions. As you know, the show is called the Modern Manager. So can you tell us about a great manager that you had and what made this person so wonderful to work for?
1: Sure. So my I think the best manager I can think of is her name was Susie, and you know, What I think made her so incredible is that she truly was the mentor I had always wanted. She really was a mentor to me. She treated me in this way. She would often say to me, you know, it's like, let's put aside the fact of whether whether or not you report into me. And she was like, I want to speak to you at who I know you are and your strengths and she would, she would kind of take a little bit of the hat off of I'm your boss right now and telling you what to do and just would mentor me in some really incredible ways. She would spend a lot of extra time sometimes teaching me how to do certain things that, you know, honestly, sometimes weren't even my strengths, but she was like, for where you're going, you're going to need to know how to do this. For where I know you're called to, this is important for you to know how to do this and the skill set. And she would, she would write the most confusing emails. I remember just thinking like, I have no idea what she is asking or even saying in this email. And she'd say, you know, hey, for the, the senior level executives, a lot of times this is how they communicate. Extremely high level, very bulleted, you know, there's no fluff. And she's like, I'm going to teach you how to get used to this and kind of how to speak in this way so that you can be effective at that level. And so I think it was just her, her style of she came down to a human aspect with me, but would mentor me and call me into where she knew I was going to end up, if that makes sense, regardless of this role that I was in at that time. It was, she was always speaking to me of where you're going who you're called to be, where I know you're the work you're going to do. And I'm going to help you develop in those areas. And, you know, to this day, we just have a really special relationship. She was incredible.
0: Oh, so lovely. And where can people learn more about you, Kristen, and keep up with your work?
1: Sure. You can find me on Instagram and at Kristen Pinkston Knowles. You can also find me on my website and that's c o. And you can also find Brave Leaders Group on Facebook.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of this great insights around burnout and purpose and working in alignment with your strengths. This was so wonderful.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such an incredible time and loved the conversation.
0: Kristen has generously offered 20% off her Brave Leadership course, which helps people overcome burnout and reconnect to their purpose and the joys of leading. This discount is available to members of the Modern Manager community. So to join, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. If you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.
1: Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, Visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening until next time.